0: credit approval. Terms apply. So IXL Learning is a multi-subject online program for kids and it's used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. 14 million students use it and if you have kids who are trying to get ahead or if they're struggling with certain subjects studying for a test that's coming up, IXL is this personalized learning tool that you can use to help kids learn what they need to learn faster. And they have programs K through 12, so there's something for every level. And some of my nieces and nephews have been homeschooled, and so my family has used tools like this to supplement curriculum or to brush up or to sharpen skills. IXL Learning has won tons of awards, and so many students have benefited from it. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get iXL now. And Ologies listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com slash Ologies. So visit iXL.com slash Ologies to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Oh, hey, it's your old pod dad ward. Just me hanging out in a breezy summer tunic. And linen culottes. Allie Ward back with another episode of Ologies. Are you ready for uh, Are you ready for a weird one? Kind of a random one. Kind of a dark one. If you're all about bank robberies and or calligraphy and or murder, she wrote. Why the writings on the bathroom wall? You've landed at the correct episode, my friends. But before we get deep into it, let's first. Thanks some folks, patrons at patreon.com who make this show possible. Thank you to everyone buying merch at ologiesmerch.com. Thank you to the folks who subscribe and rate and especially review, which I read gingerly each week. I pluck a fresh one, but your reviews keep it up in the charts. So thank you to this week, Anna Banana. He says, my first blood meal was acarology, but unlike ticks, I needed more, lots and lots more. Never did I think I would stay sitting in my car for an extra 30 minutes to finish a podcast about hagfish, but here I am. Thank you, Dad Word podcast. The pleasure and a banana, it's all mine. Okay, graphology. Let's just roll our sleeves up, let's sharpen our pencils, let's get into it. So in Greek, graphos means to write. So it's a study of writing should be simple, right? Not so much. Okay, so graphology is a study of personality through the analysis of handwriting traits. So can you tell if someone is like organized or anxious or ambitious or critical through the way they write their F's and T's and I's and such? This was a field pioneered by a Frenchman, Jean Hippolyte Meichon, in the mid-1800s. And before you say Wait a second. Analyze a personality via handwriting? Isn't that flim flam? It's been called pseudoscience, which is why this episode doesn't focus much on it. Instead, we're talking all about actual forensic handwriting analysis and signature forgeries and wills and fraud and court cases. So that field is technically called graph analysis. And this guest is an expert in that as well as does graphology on the side. So yeah. This episode title is called Graphology, and this expert does do graphology, but really, there's not a lot of graphology in this episode. We stick to mostly the scientific penmanship analysis and expert witness stories. So I was in Nebraska. I was on a tour through the Midwest talking to different ologists, and this was a stop in Lincoln, Nebraska, I think it was Lincoln, it was or Omaha, God, Nebraska, I'm so sorry. So I had looked on a site for expert legal witnesses in the area, and I'd come across her name as a graphologist before I really understood the distinction. Anyway, we met at a conference room in the back of a Kinko's, which I don't even think they call Kinko's anymore, but whatever. She came in, she was smartly dressed. With curled blonde hair, carrying a folder of paperwork in case we needed visual references. She's kind of like the aunt that makes family barbecues a little more lively and gives you dating advice that you remember for years. A real hoot. So she completed a four-year comprehensive handwriting profiling and forgery detection training program. She developed and taught, quote, red flags of forgery classes, and she teaches handwriting analysis through the Metropolitan Community College in Nebraska. She's so passionate about handwriting. So if you like sitting around and gabbing about weird court cases and upstrokes and downstrokes, this is your lady. So cross your I's, dot your T's, Let's hear about why your handwriting is unique, how to protect your signature, which letters of note and ransom notes in history may have been fakes, and how you can chill out by writing stuff with graph analyst, court witness, forensic handwriting expert, and also on the side, graphologist, but we don't talk about that much, Sylvia Kessler. About right there. Yeah, that's okay. great. They're on okay. and uh, they're ready to go. And so now, Sylvia, you are a graphologist. Yes. Yes. How long have you been a handwriting expert? Oh, since 1980. That's really? when I opened
1: my business. Well, how, how did you get into it? Um, I met a lady that was a um, retiring chiropractor mm-hmm. and she it was my teacher, and I was just fascinated. I was just fascinated right from the very beginning with it and so she said well if you're going to study this you also need to study forensic document examination and so I was with her for four years training it's quite in-depth and I absolutely love it today that's how come I still haven't retired
0: (laughs) you're like I don't want to give it up I like it too much
1: (laughs) well it's too it's exciting it's Mm -hmm. exciting and it's different every day even though we're Still talking about handwriting and documents And now technology and things like that mm-hmm. it's, it's a very exciting business Did you
0: have impeccable penmanship as a child? Uh, yes You did? I did <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you remember when you'd have to do the cursives? Did you, did
1: you always like doing it? Um, I learned to write in a one-room schoolhouse in Pennsylvania Taylortown, Pennsylvania. So We had grades one through six,
0: and we had to use the quill pen with inkwells. So quick side, what is this Palmer method? Well, news to me, different styles of penmanship over the eras have different names. This hasn't just evolved organically. So back in the 1700s, that gorgeous curly-cued script was called English Round, and following that was another beautifully ornate oval-based Spencerian style script designed by this Victorian penmaster, Spencer. But some folks thought it was too girly. So they created the Palmer method, which was simpler and less beautiful, but it was faster. Now, the Palmer method reigned in schoolhouses from like the 1840s to the 1950s. So if you wonder why old letters from 50 years ago look like they're all written by the same great aunt, well, it may be because everyone was all Palmered up. But of course, the only constant in life is change, and wanting snacks. And since the Palmer method, a few different types of printing and cursive have been taught in school. So you may have learned the Zaner Bloser method of printing, or you may have learned nothing at all. <laughs> and now, was there something about writing with quill pens that was soothing to you, or? Well, no, that was um, no, that was just what
1: we had. We had pencils and. Quill pens And Mm -hmm. the only time We got to write With the quill pen Uh, Ballpoint pens Were invented In 1940 Mm -hmm. And they were invented To go through Carbon papers It was Wartime And it was They needed those To go through Those duplication Of papers
0: Mm -hmm. And so Those weren't available So, side note, let's take a trip through time to just appreciate the pen in your purse, which you probably got for free from a car wash or something. So, 4,000 years ago, Egyptians made pens out of hollow bamboo reeds. And then about 1,500 years ago, folks were like, I have a great idea. Let's sneak up on an alive goose or maybe a turkey. Let's rip a feather out of its butt and sharpen it with, yes, a pen knife and then use that as a writing instrument. Everyone loved this idea, except alive birds. And then in the early 1820s, steel nibs were the next great thing. Literacy rates improved because of this advancement. And then only five years later, the fountain pen was patented. Who cares, you say? Well, guess what? Having a pen on your person as opposed to carrying around a jar of ink And a smeary goose feather was huge, all right? This was a big deal. But fountain pens still smeared, which sucked. So ballpoint pens, as we know them, were inspired by quick-drying newspaper ink. When this newspaper writer was damn sick and darn tired of spending time refilling his fountain pens and then smearing them all over the page, so he invented the ballpoint pen. Now, ballpoint pens involve pigment suspended in oil, or in some cases now, a smooth, silky gel in the kind of pens that you borrow from an office mate and then quietly refuse to give back. And now it's still
1: chemically manufactured, but it's mostly alcohol or gel. And so that comes into play in forensics uh, to see what kind of ink was there. And so I'm not an expert in ink, but I've studied about ink. All of the things that have to do with handwriting or documents I have studied over the course of the years.
0: What was it like when you were learning for four years? Kind of like, um, it seems almost like an, an apprenticeship almost with a it master. It was an apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what, what was really yeah. funny about
1: it is my my teacher said, I don't want to take you as a student. I had to beg her to take me as a student because she was just retiring. And I said, I will do anything you want me to do. I will pay you whatever you want me to pay. I will not argue. I will be a good student. (laughs) So she finally agreed, and I
0: would go every other weekend to Kansas City, that's where she lived. This, my friends, this is passion. So pour yourself a cup of tea, stare into the morning mist, and ask yourself, what would I drive to Kansas City to learn? And at the end of that question may hang the secret to a happier life. Anyway. And uh, what are some things that uh, a handwriting expert learns? Do you learn about the idiosyncrasies of each person's handwriting? Uh, Every person
1: uh, writes differently. And there's a a Supreme Court ruling on this that goes back to the, I want to say, 1846, something like that. Mm -hmm.
0: The Holland Will. This was not the Holland Will, but the Howland Will. Now, the wishes of the late Sylvia Ann Howland, whose fortune today, BTW, would be equivalent to $32 million. So she left half of that to charities, various entities, and the remaining half to her niece, a woman named Henrietta Howland Robinson. So upon Sylvia's death, Henrietta produced an earlier will that said everything was to go to Henrietta with an attached note that said any future will should just be ignored which is a weird thing to have attached to your will but anyway Henrietta produced it saying give me everything so based on the number of overlapping downstrokes in the late Sylvia's signature, an expert handwriting witness concluded that it was statistically near impossible to do an identical signature. And so this must be a tracing, a
1: forgery. And this was a fascinating story. Um, a grandson took his grandfather's uh, letters. Mm-hmm. He kept his grandfather's letters, maybe for sentimental reason. I don't know about that. But in the long run, he made out a will cut and pasted a will uh, and that's called a holographic will when it's handwritten leaving everything to him and ruling out the rest of the family and then he was he got uh, an agreement with a printer that had some paper that was age appropriate Mm -hmm. they printed up this will okay and he and they actually he actually got everything however uh, the way the story goes Um, is the printer got greedy and wanted more money. And when the grandson wouldn't give it to him, then he ratted him out. So I think they both went to jail. Oh my God. I don't know how it ended. (laughs) But that was, uh, that was this ruling that no two people can ever write the same. And mathematicians were brought in and somehow they proved this. It's like families may have similar writing, um, in, because sometimes the parents will be teaching their children. Mm-hmm. However, it's um, it, it's just no two people write alike. If you have enough handwriting, you will see the differences.
0: Mm-hmm. How has handwriting changed over the decades? It, how has it changed, like in our society? Yeah, like because if you look at a document from the eighteen hundreds, it's gorgeous. And if you look at a note that someone leaves, you know, for the mailman, it's. Garbage. So, what happened to our beautiful handwriting? Uh, well, people quit practicing. Mm-hmm. They
1: quit uh, learning cursive writing mm-hmm. over the years. One of the things that was a big influence um, on why they quit teaching cursive writing was computers.
0: I was invented to ruin your handwriting. Mm-hmm.
1: Because Everybody types now and texts now, and um, there's very that people aren't writing as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. If you get a handwritten card in the mail, you treasure it because you get get to see it. And I have collections of handwriting over all these years. um, Mm -hmm. And it's just fascinating. Sometimes I'll look at it and go, oh, wow, I got to keep this. This is really important.
0: Yeah. Is there someone in the world or in history whose handwriting you think is the most beautiful? Any documents you've seen that you're just like wowzers? Well, the Declaration of Independence, not only the content
1: of it, but The beauty of it. Mm -hmm. And um, every now and then I will run into someone that still writes like that with all
0: the flourishes and Mm -hmm. they practice that for years. So if you don't like practicing or mastering stuff, because, you know, there are things on the Internet to look at and naps to take. I get it. You can always use this Declaration of Independence font. It's available via p22.com. And it's called, what else? declaration. And as long as you can print it on a thin sheet of aged cow tissue, no one will ever know it's fake. Also, the original penman of that Declaration of Independence document was Timothy Matlack, who was a Quaker and a professional engrosser who lived to the ripe old age of 99. So if you're scared of dying young and are convinced that good handwriting will help, you could practice the artful penmanship of calligraphy, or you could start kiddos young and then have them compete for money. There's one competition called the Zaner Bloser National Handwriting Contest, and it offers 500 bucks in prizes for the neatest penmanship. And this year, a 10-year-old, Sarah Hinesley, earned the Nicholas Maxim Award in the National Handwriting Contest. One detail, she was born without hands. She learned to hold a pencil and write impeccably anyway, and she told reporters she's not sure what she's going to do with the cash, but she said, quote, I felt proud, and I hope others who have challenges learn from me, that if you try your hardest, you can do it. So, that thing you want to do, but you're afraid you can't do, learn from Sarah Hinesley, and try hard, and then just do the thing. Nowadays, it's a simplified writing
1: that Mm -hmm. we do. But computers were the biggest influence for the printed word. And printing is just fine, except I can't evaluate. There's very few extensions, but not in all printing. If it's block printing, Mm -hmm. those people are usually very constructive, and you get that with engineers, architects, they will naturally write that way Mm -hmm. because it feels best to them. So handwriting is... um, a kinesthetic activity. So when you're learning these exercises, they they were taught with number two lead pencils, Mm -hmm. and you feel that motion. And I've actually gone to a hospital before where someone had had a head trauma, and their motor skills were involved, and I've done the circular motions, help
0: build back coordination. Has anyone ever come to you just maybe not trauma related, but just said, listen, Sylvia, my handwriting sucks. What can you do to help me? I'm an adult. Can you help me with my handwriting? It's not good.
1: Well, what's interesting is most people will tell me my handwriting is terrible, Uh or I have two different kinds of handwriting, and it's not. It's seldom. I've only seen one or two people in my whole career that had two separate different handwritings.
0: So let's address the elegant elephant in the room. Graphology proper. Okay, this again, not considered hard science. So graphology hangs out kind of in the same lunch table as astrology or numerology or chirology, which is a technical term for palm reading. No joke. Should I do an episode on that? Maybe I will. Anyway, this show is ologies and Sylvia is a legit forensic handwriting witness by day and a graphologist on the side. So let's just ask her opinion on that ology. Mm -hmm. What do you think handwriting says about a person's personality? A lot. Yeah? How so? Now, and
1: there's a, there's, let me qualify this, not everybody that says they're a handwriting expert is a handwriting expert. Okay. So, They'll read a book and say oh I can go make 20 bucks on this or something at the mall or mm-hmm. at the carnival or whatever in fact when I've been on I'm an expert witness about documents and signatures on documents and I have to prove that to the benefit of the judge or jury mm-hmm. and um, so I've been asked when I was getting qualified in the beginning well is this like what they do over at the carnival or at the <laughs> state fair. Uh-huh. Well, no, it isn't. It isn't. Yeah. Um, I, I said, I don't know what they do at the state fair because I've never been hired to go over there. <laughs> anyway, so to get back to your question, cursive writing is now coming back and penmanship is now coming back into the school systems mm-hmm. in some states. Uh, the last I heard, there were like 12 or 13 states that have. Put that back into their educational system because it does build discipline. It builds self determination. It builds all the characters that you can find. Mm -hmm. Now, when I get a, a, a court case, my reputation in that area, that field, that arena, Mm-hmm. that is a really heavy-duty
0: and now tell me a little bit about the forensic side of it what what kind of cases do you get called in for
1: oh you you know what I get uh, unfortunate there's a lot of probate cases which means when somebody dies there's wills that uh, are questioned there's um, wills that show up that counter other wills there's forged deeds of trust mm-hmm. There's a lot, and it splits families. Mm, I bet. I will say to them, let's sit down at the table and discuss this. Mm -hmm. I'll tell the attorney, get the other attorney, because this is going to cause a divide in this family that will never be healed unless we do it now. Some attorneys will look at me like I'm a bleeding heart. Others will say, you know, that's a good idea. Maybe we can get it settled. So when I come back with the true answers, they will usually come to some kind of agreement Mm -hmm. and they don't always forgive one another, unfortunately,
0: but... Sorry, I didn't mean to do it. Does one person say, well, I have a will, and it's the latest will, and uh, someone else says, well, I have a will from 1975, but he was in uh, maybe a a better state of mind here, or you don't have medical
1: records to back that up. Mm -hmm. Um, That that's it's called uh, capacity. Okay, if the person had capacity at the time they were signing and if they do not have capacity, whoever's there with them at the moment can influence
0: them quite easily. So what else does Sylvia's job entail? That's just one
1: part of it. I work yeah. with stocks or, certi- right now I have six cases. One's with a Fortune 500 company, uh, on fraudulent invoices. One of oh. them is with a, uh, artist that, um, agreements were broken and he thinks that they've forged his name on something. It's, it's just really interesting the different cases. Wills, Contracts. I've done athletic contracts that were forged. Really? Yes. And
0: how do you see when something is forged?
1: Where do you even start? Well, you start by uh, getting known signatures of the person that's signature is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And then you do the habitual patterns. There's people cannot help it. They have patterns. You write your name more than anything else hmm that's true. In your whole life. And so uh, there will be patterns, habitual characteristics in your signature that you don't even see.
0: You don't see it because mm-hmm. it's unconscious. Yeah. And so that's the first thing. If- she recalled another case that went down in Carlsbad, New Mexico.
1: I had the man's writing from for over 60 years. Oof. He was in his 80s. I had handwriting over 60 years. This, Even though the writing changed... As he got older, you could see how he came out of being a young man and got more serious and and more efficient in what he was doing and came into his own, and then you could see where the, his health started to decline
0: mm-hmm. over
1: those 60 years, but the same habitual patterns were there.
0: And so was it a forgery?
1: And so uh, in that case, it was a forgery, oh. Yes. What's it like when the verdict? well? They settled. I'm there in the courtroom after this long journey. Yeah, and they settled. Oh, when the opposing um, attorney looked at the report and looked at my illustrations. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, they're back talking to the judge, and it was
0: all settled. Oh my gosh! And now, what other kinds of things come up when you're doing forensic handwriting analysis? Like, is there the type of paper? Is there the type of ink? Is it the sure, hardness? Sure, those are
1: all things, but they're... they're now our technology is about uh, electronically lifted sig- signatures yes. that have been manufactured from other documents. And um, it's amazing
0: how much of our signatures are out there. I bet. Yeah. And now... When it comes to electronic documents, how do you feel about things like DocuSign, where it's just essentially you sign a PDF? Oh. I know. I'm worried about that. We just bought a house.
1: Yeah. We just bought a house and, and, yeah, we got some final paperwork in the mail. Yeah. But- It doesn't have any of our original signatures on it.
0: Yeah, it's all electronic. That seems... I just had to do a bunch of DocuSign things, too. And I'm like, this isn't even my handwriting, and all I'm doing is clicking a button. But that's how is that legit?
1: Uh, They can check your... Where it's coming from, your, your IP. computer and stuff
0: like that, your IP address. Okay. All right. And now what about signing the back of your credit card? Should you do that or should you not?
1: Um, well, if you don't, it's not going to be accepted. But what I do is I say ask for ID. Okay. See, that's a good tip from someone who is a professional forensic <laughs> graphologist. And if they, if we're in a restaurant and mm-hmm. and the person, the, the waiter, waitress, whoever, takes our credit card and comes back and they don't ask for it I said turn over that card and look at it I need to see some
0: ID and have there been any huge forgery cases in history that have really captured your attention uh, no no
1: you, you, I'll tell you why I, I've studied some of those and I can't even remember their names you know I think probably one of the the most famous one is the Howard Hughes Diaries mm-hmm. they were uh, all forged
0: oh Side note, if you're like, what? Okay. Howard Hughes, business magnate, film director, pilot, wealthy person, became a recluse. And in the 1970s, a few scoundrels devised a scheme to have artists mimic his handwriting. And they got this lucrative book deal, so many dollars, based on this autobiography, which was totally fake. And they were found out. And the main perp, a guy called Clifford Irving went to prison for like a year and a half. But during that time, he gave up smoking and he took up weightlifting. So maybe it was like a bit of a glow up for him. Then he wrote a book about it and he made gobs of money. He was married six times. They made a movie called The Hoax starring Richard Gere. So yay, crime does pay. And after this whole scandal in the 1970s, Hughes died just a few years later, likely still very annoyed. Now, any other cases that Sylvia's been really taken by? I'll tell you
1: something, though, that this, this fascinated me. I saw some of Marilyn Monroe's handwriting in one of Oprah's magazines years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a letter that was sold at Sotheby's for some big amount mm-hmm. that was not the same handwriting. Wow. Wow. And I go, whoa, I should really take the time to look into that. But mm-hmm. nobody, nobody's asked me about
0: that. Or, But I noticed it when I saw it. Mm-hmm. So a little Googling turned up two different sad letters, supposedly in Marilyn's handwriting. One to her acting teacher, Lee Strasberg, on Hotel Bel Air Stationery, which was written in loopy cursive, kind of slanted forward as if leaning into a wind. It read... My will is weak, but I can't stand anything. I sound crazy, but I think I am going crazy. It's just that I get before a camera, and my concentration and everything I'm trying to learn leaves me. Then I feel like I'm not existing in the human race at all. So this cursive note looks nothing like another one written to her psychiatrist, which was in print, saying, I guess I've always been deeply terrified to really be someone's wife, since I know from life that one cannot love another, really. Sylvia says she'd love to sit down and compare them. Now, she didn't leave a note before her overdose of barbiturates at 36, and it was ruled a probable suicide by coroners. Sylvia notes that a slim percentage, less than 30% by my research, do leave notes in such a tragic occurrence. And as your pod dad, just a reminder that folks are here to listen, and the National Suicide Hotline is there 24 hours a day, one 800 two seven three eight two five five. I'll add it in the show notes. Now another famed note left by Nirvana singer Kurt Cobain has been the subject of widespread conspiracy theories. Um the last few lines raised a bunch of eyebrows for decades. But Dateline at one point passed it off to four handwriting experts who concluded that it was either in Kurt's own penmanship or it was inconclusive
1: i've had I've had several cases that I knew were murder, and we just couldn't get it we couldn't get the attorneys to move forward with that, mm. or we couldn't get it investigated properly mm-hmm. oh my gosh and it's
0: heartbreaking it really is heartbreaking and it's interesting that something like handwriting can come in to speak for the person who's gone, you know oh absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely
1: and um so I consider that part of of what I do is I have to take a stand for the handwriting. The truth is always in the handwriting, Mm -hmm. in the papers. So you get enough of those papers and enough of the handwriting and you can figure it out. Mm -hmm. Anonymous
0: writing, hate mail. If we're texting and typing more than we're writing, are we leaving behind evidence Ooh. of your language patterns? Yes, you are. Oh, really? So our language patterns are something that maybe language can patterns
1: at? are something that I have looked at before. Uh, another case I had it was about um, the the known handwriting had never been more than maybe six or seven lines of a paragraph on a mm-hmm. page, mm-hmm. and then here's this big long letter. It's indented. It's typed, but it's indented, and the language patterns are completely different than Mm -hmm. what the person used. And that was on a harassment suit that got solved real quickly.
0: Oh, wow. Well, here's a fun little confidence booster to remind you about intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation.
1: You get your image out of work. You Mm -hmm. get your image out of production, Mm -hmm. whether it's work in school or work It's not about the pay Mm -hmm. It's about the accomplishment That's where people get their confidence Mm -hmm. It's not Something that just comes down Out of the sky and and blesses you Mm -hmm. You get it from You become competent by doing Things and that builds the confidence So sometimes people Will say to me well I want to have more Confidence and I said so what Kind of person would it make you if you had A lot of confidence and you Didn't listen to feedback
0: Mm, right. Which, we have a lot of those today, don't we? Yes, we do. <laughs> And now what do you think about the daily habit of journaling or doing morning pages of just connecting pen or pencil to paper what do you think that does I think it's a wonderful one, it's wonderful
1: not only is therapy it's wonderful to focus it's wonderful to have that time for yourself to really get your thoughts down on paper and when you go back and read that years later you go oh my goodness that mm-hmm. is so interesting <laughs> because you can see it in your you know I can see it in my handwriting um over the years, how it's changed. Yeah. Any movies about forgeries or handwriting that you like? Um, movies, I don't know. Um, you know, there's been um, a lot of movies where, in CSI, you can people, you know, the thing about going to trial now is the jury expects all of it to be like CSI. I'm going
0: to steal the Declaration of Independence.
1: And it's not always like CSI. Sometimes they'll say things and I'll go, that is not true. Yeah. <laughs> How can you say that? <laughs> Who wrote the script, you know? Um, and I've had several people that are writing books that have uh, contacted me with different handwriting questions, and I've given them information t- th- about what they could do or where they should look or that sort of thing. You mm-hmm. know, one time I had a um, a case and the attorney told me he couldn't get any handwriting. I said, "Well, then, where well, you're going to lose this case?" And I said, "I can tell you from what I have, this man has been a real scrapper. This is a small town. Go down to the police station and ask him if he's ever been arrested. That's public information. You're an attorney. Get out of your office and go down there and get me some handwriting." Oh, yeah. Well, sure enough, Yeah, he had been arrested three times for <laughs> assault in bars, and here it is, just exactly what I needed to prove that that was his signature. It was yeah. really an interesting case. What was he guilty of?
0: Conspiracy to
1: defraud a bank. Wow. Oh,
0: my gosh. Is he single? And now, I have questions from listeners. Can I ask them? From, 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 oh, from sure, listeners, sure. yeah. Sure. Oh, they know You I'm- got listeners? yeah. Okay, patrons, before we get to your numerous excellent questions, a few words from sponsors that I like. And these sponsors make it possible to donate to a related charity. And this week, it goes to CARE.org's Letters of Hope Initiative, which encourages folks to send letters of support to refugees who have fled unimaginable violence and persecution in search of safety and a more promising future for their children. So Letters of Hope started in 2016, when care package recipients in the United States, who were themselves refugees following World War II, wrote letters of support to Syrian children. And that outreach has inspired thousands of people around the world to send their own heartfelt messages. So care.org says to share your own letter of hope today and join in the movement to stand in solidarity with refugees everywhere. So a donation was made to them. Okay. These sponsors made that donation possible. Ologies with Alley Ward is sponsored by Squarespace. And Squarespace has been part of my daily life for the last seven and a half years. Ologies might not exist without Squarespace. I had to make a website for this and I was so intimidated. It took me over a year. And then one night I was like, you know what? I've heard about Squarespace. I'm going to try it. And now look at us. If you don't think you need a website, guess what? You probably do. Especially if you're an academic, have some place where all your papers are. People can contact you. Anyway, they have so many tools for entrepreneurs. They have Fluid Engine, which is this kind of next generation website design system. It's from Squarespace. It's drag and drop technology. You can use it on desktop or mobile. They also have an asset library. So you can manage all of your files from this central hub and then you can use them across the whole platform. They have professional website templates they have designs for every category every use case no matter what you need a website for get a website start your business look it worked for me ding so head to squarespace.com for a free trial and then when you're ready to launch go to squarespace.com slash ologies to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain you could do it you could do it this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. so is my brain Here's a thought experiment. Think of all the time that you spend just scrolling on things or not doing the things you wanna do. I know, time is the most valuable thing that you have. Oh boy, let me tell you I had to learn this over time. You know what helps? Therapy. Therapy can help you figure out what matters most to you and how to prioritize it so that you like your life more. And where I learned that was better help, because yes. I have been a client. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, I know how hard it is to get started. BetterHelp makes it very easy. It's entirely online, it's convenient, it's flexible. You take a quick questionnaire, they match you with a therapist. Instead of just Googling and trying to find someone with an opening, BetterHelp makes it very accessible and I like that. It's also more affordable than traditional therapy. And you can chat, you can text, you can do video calls, you can do phone calls. For some reason you are not vibing with your therapist, you can switch at any time, no extra cost, no drama. So let me tell you, Time is precious. Figure out where you want to spend yours, and you can learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com ologies today to get 10% off your first month. So that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com ologies. It's about time. I know I usually save my secrets for the end of the episode, but I'm gonna tell you my secret favorite candy. It's Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. It's really Reese's anything, but Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the thing that I'm like, have I had a bad day? I get these. Have I had a good day? I get these. Chocolate salty peanut butter the textures I love everything about them also that there's two so I'm like oh I get this one for later which is one second later anyway Reese's peanut butter cups I love you that's all if you're me you can shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you found wherever candy is sold and I am how you doing on that d that vitamin d Could be better. I feel ya. Some of us are coming out of a winter. I don't know how much outside time you get. I don't know how your vitamin D is dietarily, but I know a lot of people, including myself, especially women over 18, 97% of us not getting enough vitamin D from our diet. Ritual's like, how about I help you? They're a clinically backed multivitamin. So skeptics, here's a multivitamin that's like, yeah, we use science to formulate this. I think you're gonna like it. Ritual multivitamins are vegan. They're gluten and major allergen free. I also like that Ritual is a female founded B Corp. So they're doing good for the health of people and the planet. Ritual multivitamins are also gentle on an empty stomach. I like that when I open mine, they have kind of a minty essence. I've got ritual vitamins in my belly right now, to be honest. I take them every day. They have kind of a lava lamp look with oil and beads inside. I also have their melatonin caps at night when I need to go. Bye-bye, Zs. So no more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. And get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash ologies. So start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. So that's ritual.com slash ologies for 20% off. Okay, your questions. There were 193 questions. So, I'm not going to ask you all of them. No. We'll run through. We'll just rapid fire. Okay, sure. We'll get as many lightning round as we can. This next question was also asked by Ariel, Emma B., and Ira Gray. Liza Elizabeth wants to know, how accurate is forensic handwriting analysis? And is it a reliable source of evidence?
1: It is if you have someone that's well-trained and well-qualified. Okay. You have to prove your case. You can't just write a report. You know, yeah. that that happens a lot. where they write a report, it's my opinion. Well, mm-hmm. uh, that and, what, two bucks? We can go get a cup of coffee.
0: <laughs> uh, Jessica Bailey wants to know, is it true that people with sloppier handwriting tend to have a higher IQ? Not necessarily. Okay. So... There you have it. This has been a known fact for decades, and one 1984 study published in Human Learning, the Journal of Practical Research and Applications, states, It is concluded that the lack of a significant correlation between handwriting legibility and IQ scores clearly disconfirms the popular stereotype of illegible writers as unintelligent. Boom. So, Lacey Gilbert, Lisa Burbridge, Katie Spino, Danielle Rivera, and Deli Dames who also asked about that and maybe have terrible penmanship, but sharp minds. Breathe easy, letter slobs. You're all good. Now, the following folks all had a similar question to Jenny Bergstrom's. Caitlin Carter, Jessica Beard, Ray Kasha, Madeline Rogers, I, Renee, and Rosaria Neira. Jenny Bergstrom asks... Uh, does handwriting change over time because your personality or interests or maturity changes? All of it changes. Physical, emotional, spiritual, all of it changes. Uh, what about when people dot their eyes with hearts?
1: What do you think about that? There there's something about them they want. That's called an idiosyncrasy. And that means there's something about them that's really different and they're kind of into the
0: love, you know, sweetness and love and all of that, you mm-hmm. know. I'm a romantic like that. Mm. Michelle Grandline, Michelle Grandine wants to know, what's the most commonly forged piece of writing?
1: Oh, I would have to say, let's see, most commonly forged piece of writing. That's a very good question. I would Mm -hmm. say probably wills. Mm -hmm. So the most common, oh, checks would probably be, come on. Is it better to write a check in Sharpie so that no one can You can actually buy pens now that they cannot bleach out the writing. Ooh. One of the you know I want to encourage everybody to get a lock mailbox or make sure that th- their mail is secure mm-hmm. because one of the common easy accesses is to go along a line of mailboxes that or just regular mailboxes, pull yeah. them down, go through the mail. If there's checks going out, they take those. If there's birthday cards or cards that look like they're mm-hmm. cards of some kind that might have money in them, they take those, open them up, take the checks, uh, bleach them, and
0: honestly, they they will still pass those checks. Ooh. For more on how bleach does that, just hit that old disinfectiology episode from a few weeks ago bleach not just for toilets and pools it's also great for mail fraud just kidding don't do that so so get a locked mailbox get a locked
1: mailbox and get a a, a um you can get the pins at any of the stationery stores okay that's for forgery i've actually had people call me up and ask me if I could come and forge a document that they needed somebody's name on a document, <gasps> could I, could I come right away? What'd you say? I said sure. Where do you want me to come? I got the address, and then I called the police and told them
0: <laughs> that they were expecting me. <laughs> uh, nice. You're like wrong person to come. Wrong. wrong person. To ask. Well, I just went along with it. I thought, yeah. oh wow, this is interesting. What kind of document is <laughs> yeah. it? And I told them, you know, nice. that was scam, 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 busting crimes. Speaking of crimes, Stephanie Brohertees and Derek Allen also had a similar question to Sophie's coming up. Sophie Beer wants to know, what's your favorite crime that was solved with the help of handwriting experts? What is the one? What was your favorite crime that's been solved by the help of handwriting experts? Anything historical? Um, historically, um, I think probably the Hughes Diaries. Yeah, uh, is one Sonia Carp had a cool question? Is handwriting gender related at all? Even though you know, gender is fluid and gender schmender. But why do boys typically tend to have less neat handwriting than than girls? That's uh, that is a broad
1: generalization because I have in my files handwriting of men that has all the flourishes, even more flourishes than you have,
0: more flair than you have. Wow. Sylvia had taken a peek at my little binder earlier and decided, based on my flair, that I am inquisitive with perfectionist tendencies, but that I am not moody. And I did not have the heart or the balls to tell her that I am moody as hell and I can get bummed out for hours just after seeing a dead bee. And in your writing and... Um
1: so, there's three things that you cannot tell from handwriting. Everything else is open. So, the three things are, whether it's a male or female, mm-hmm. whether it's right or left-handed, Ooh. or how old they are. You cannot tell exact age. Oh, wow. Those three things. Everything else, if you have enough handwriting and you're trained well enough, you can figure out a complete uh, profile on the person. Even though lefties do a little smearing? They, no. Wow. No, that is a misconception that's across the board. Another misconception is like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna forge something, you better make it different because you cannot write your name the same way twice in your entire lifetime.
0: Oh, so you can have similar patterns, but not there's habitual
1: patterns and variation, and so Mm.
0: this is why it takes so long to study
1: this. This is not just something that you pick up a book and read it. And yeah, yeah,
0: you can get gather a lot of information that way. Uh, Tyler Q wants to know when was the first case of a ransom letter being written with newspaper clippings, and is that to fool people so that they can't be traced? I don't know. He'd have to Google that.
1: Okay. That's why we have Google is okay. because we don't know. I don't know um, about the yeah. ransom notes.
0: Okay, I'll look that up. Uh, this, as it turns out, is an excellent question because it pulled back the curtain to reveal a big flashing neon sign that read in curly script, flim flam. So apparently, people don't even ransom note like that. According to design historian Dr. Arden Stern in her thesis, the ransom note effect, cut and paste typography in American visual culture. The imagery of a note penned by a criminal with cut and paste letters originated from the Sherlock Holmes crime novel, The Hound of the Baskervilles from the early 1900s. But But before you go doing evil with the written word, be warned that your printer might be secretly encoding its own signature via tiny yellow micro dots that show up under blue light. And it's on everything you print. Oops, so don't go crimin. Also, y'all know I'm not a big true crime lover please see get sad about a dead bee. But many of you brought up a certain famous handwritten ransom note involved in the 1996 death of a small child. And there's plenty of media spotlight on this case already. So I'm sure I don't have to name it. But before today, I didn't even know that there was a ransom note involved. But an overwhelming percentage of forensic handwriting analysts agree that the ransom note is in the mom's handwriting. And either way, that life was still lost. Now, what about lifesavers out there? This next question was also asked by Nikki D, Abigail Manolin, Kate Chapman, and Michael Sadambuga. Sarah Terry and a lot of other people asked, What is the old Or is the old stereotype true That all doctors have sloppy handwriting Where did that even come from In the first place
1: Oh my goodness (laughs) Every doctor that I've ever seen has it I I can't say that they all have it (laughs) Um, Um I think, I think where it comes from though Mm -hmm. is speed and acceleration. When a doctor goes through their residency, it's completely insane what they put doctors through. Uh, I have several friends that have told me horror stories about working, you know. Yes. All those long hours and doing double shifts and uh, they're grinding all the time. It's very stressful. And when you get stressed, you tend to make more of the mountain peaks. Oh, you imagine that? Yes. And um, Donald Trump's handwriting is a really good example of that. He shows his signature all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just pure mountain peaks. Yes. Donald's is like, his stubbornness shows up because they're like teepees.
0: Okay, so side note, I Google image searched the president's signature and it did not, it didn't remind me of anything related to indigenous people's culture. It's more like, a few people standing at the forefront of a big crowd, but they're all wearing hats. But like pointy ones? Anywhoozle. So a bunch of people had this next question, including Laura Schulte, Lawrence, Ashra Kolhaktar, Robin Cohen, Robin Kuhn, and Charlotte Rodrigue. Taryn Hake asked, there's such a rise in mobile devices uh, that they seem to sign their name more with their finger than an actual pen these days. And and they don't think it looks anything like the real signature. So, does the method of finger signing capture really hold up? Like, what do you think? I've done I've done um, a couple of drug cases where
1: the um, where they were serious drug cases on mm-hmm. narcotics and. Uh, Where people were selling prescriptions And Mm -hmm. the signatures that they gave me It was amazing that you could see the patterns in there It wasn't perfect But you could see the handwriting The habitual patterns that I mentioned You Mm -hmm. could see those on the ones that this one person had Really? Yes Even
0: on a finger swipey Even on And it's it was on where you just write out your name with uh your finger. Um, Timothy Dykes asks, what is the best way to train your handwriting both in print and in cursive? Um, to get a, um, go online
1: and get a penmanship printout mm-hmm. and make sure you have on, on the cursive writing, make sure that you have your upper loops, your lower loops, and your, your middle zone loops. Ooh.
0: How many other people asked about different handwritings? So many of views, including Jenny Bergstrom, Caitlin Carter, Jessica Beard, Ray Kasha, Madeline Rogers, I, Renee, Rosaria Neira, Sonia Karp, Graham Tattersall, Rachel Wahlberg, Troy Clarkson, Caleb Patton... Don Ewald, Emily Hoban, Kelly Bradenthal, Cody Albert, Wayne Brantley, Emma Fiore, Jen Athanas, and Um, Casey Arden had a great question. Why the heck do I have 87 different handwritings? Sometimes it's so neat. It looks like a typeface. Sometimes it's illegible. Sometimes I have curly letters, sometimes not. What is up with this? Jen uh, Anathas says, yes, what she said. Well, that depends. You know, that's something I would have to
1: look at. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, people will tell me they have different handwritings, and all it means is sometimes it's sloppy and sometimes it's neater. Sometimes it's bigger and bigger. If we are real scattered, Mm -hmm. If our energy is real scattered and we have too many balls in the air, so to speak, then our handwriting will be large and um, sloppy, Mm -hmm. generally speaking. Now, one way that you can calm yourself is to write a sentence Mm -hmm. and then just keep making it smaller and smaller and smaller. And you will actually feel, uh, internally, you will feel a sense of focus. Wow. Wow. It's like meditation It will bring you into focus Very quickly Just as long as it takes you You know, like a few minutes Just to write Mm -hmm. Three or four sentences And making it smaller Your your mind knows what to do with these things It's really cool Mm -hmm. And like you could have a a child If you have a child that's having a fit Or tantrum Mm -hmm. um, You could have them draw a line Mm-hmm. And then draw another line a little shorter, another line a little
0: shorter. And even if you're directing their hand, they mm-hmm. will still calm down. Ooh, that's great tip. I love this question from Jen Anathus. She says, why does it seem some kinds of pens make my handwriting nicer and some are not as good for my handwriting? And is there an ultimate pen? And like, what is the most expensive pen? What's the nicest? What do you have a preferred
1: pen? I have a preferred pen. What I use a, a Uniball. Okay, and um, I only sign. I only sign documents, important documents, with blue ink. Okay. Ooh. And I use a Uniball rolling writer, mm-hmm. and. Um, I never use ballpoint pen. Ballpoint pen will seep into the fibers of a paper in a few years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I discovered that when I was going through some original checks that
0: had been written in ballpoint pen. Mm -hmm. Are ballpoint pens bad for writing checks? What the fuck? So I looked into this and apparently most ballpoint pens are dye based and they're easy to wash using a solvent of matching polarity, like nail polish remover. But Uniball and other gel pens are pigment-based, and you can't remove pigments without destroying the paper also. So, texture crush, cut bangs, get yourself a nice gel pen, live for today. What about point size? Are you a point .5, are you fine? Uh, I like five to seven. Now, what do you think, Um, I hold my pencil on my third finger, I think we're supposed to hold it like this. Is there a best way to hold your pens? It's however is most comfortable for you. Yeah, I think I... Yeah, I do it on the third. And
1: and to answer her question, each person will have a preference for what kind of pen and paper. I love papers. Mm-hmm. I have more paper at my house <laughs> than you can imagine. And, and I love pens, um, uh, pencils. Mm-hmm. And I don't like those erasers on there that blur. Mm-hmm. I like the white... Gummy oh, erasers yeah. that get it cleanly oh, swept yeah. off.
0: So many, maybe lefties, had the same question, including Jack Kelleher, Kitty Halverson, Juan Way, Ariel Bruce, Katie Chavez, Wayne Brantley, Don Ewald, Michelle Grandine, Sophie Cosineau, Nathan Elgrim, Jessica, Irene, and... And a lot of people had this question. Hannah Lees asks, um, why is the right hand considered to be the proper hand for writing? Does it have a practical or religious background? I know my sister went to Catholic school, and the nuns were wouldn't let her use her left hand.
1: Isn't that, you know... We program our children by where we put their silverware. Oh, really? Think about that for a moment. Mm-hmm. We were always... P- p- Taught that this is how you set the table. Sylvia
0: paused here to get a cough drop. In, in, in uh, Catholic school, they would come and smack you because Sinistra left, right. you know, uh, the, the hand of the devil. I know, it's just right.
1: superstitious stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, right.
1: Most things have been developed for right handed people because of that very fact that we were forced to write with our right hand mm-hmm. or program based on where our silverware was. Mm -hmm. So I recommend that if you're with your children, you just put the silverware in the middle of the plate and let them decide which hand they want to use.
0: Nice. Isn't that a good idea? Yeah. Do you know what a hagfish is? Mm -mm. A hagfish is a kind of a slimy eel-like fish that doesn't have a backbone and it exudes just gallons of mucus. But they coil into a little coil and some of them coil one way and some of them coil the other way. They have right-handed and left-handed preferences. Isn't that cute? (laughs) These little hagfish at the bottom of the ocean? I think that's wonderful. And so if you
1: look in nature, that's the same truth. Mm -hmm. And and so even back in the cave dwellings, uh, back in Caesar's time, he would select his people by their handwriting. He would. Yeah, that's what he told me anyway. Yeah. (laughs) No, back in the day. No, that's something that I read
0: in one of my <laughs> historical books about handwriting. Oh, wow. That surprises me. So back then, side note, there were people who acted as assistants, and then they'd just take notes as orators orated. They were called amanuensis, which sounds a lot like a medical condition that I don't want. What do you think of celebrities who are asked to give autographs? Are they giving away their signature to everyone who asked for it? Is there any
1: security issues um, in that? Not really. Well, it's going to be probably, it it probably gets pretty uh, sloppy as it goes along because I've watched them sign these autographs and they do it just, you know, they're standing, they're in a hurry. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them will actually um, have different pens for them to use and then they take the pen back. Mm -hmm. So I think that's fine. I don't think that there's a problem that is where the most fraud is committed, though, is in memorabilia. So be very oh. cautious about that.
0: Yeah, because if you have some scribbled-on poster of Halle Berry, how do you know that she actually signed it?
1: You don't, oh. unless you have some of her known signatures. And there can be natural variation. It could be that she had a signature for her public and a signature for her own personal account.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have any uh, autographs from famous people that you treasure?
1: Um Well... Uh, James Taylor, I actually, James Taylor signed a um, guitar for me. Wow. Uh, One of my good friends took me to see James Taylor and um, got a picture of me with James Taylor. He's um, always been one of my favorites. Yeah. And he signed a guitar for me. What did you think of his signature? Didn't pay much attention to it, truthfully. What? No. I People think I look at everything. No, I don't. I have had people's personal diaries that had all kind of s- stuff in it. Uh-huh. And I'm just looking at the the characteristics. Yeah. And then when I w- took it back, um, the guy said, well, what did you think about all of that? And I said, all oh, what? He said, you didn't read it? And I said, no, I don't read the content usually. Now, in forensics, I have to read the content. Yeah. But- uh, it's
0: just funny. It's just funny. <laughs> uh, when it comes to, um, you know, leaving behind a, a will or something, I, I talked to a thanatologist a, a, who is a, a grief counselor, and she said that written Wills in an envelope, just saying, "Yo, this is my will." Those are legit. Do you think people should write those in their own handwriting instead of typing them? Absolutely. Okay. Anything that's
1: typed is uh, has doubt on it.
0: Okay. And if you write it
1: out, it's called a holographic will, and each state has different rules on it.
0: Jot it down on piece of
1: paper. Well, clear, I envelope. think it's I think it's terrific to have one typed by uh, an attorney or a law firm. Yeah. And signed, and witnesses. And then I also think that on your, on your personal stuff that you want to give away, mm-hmm. if you have that in your handwriting, and include your handwriting with it.
0: Oh, good idea. You know,
1: letters, and uh, put the evidence there. Yeah,
0: makes your job easier. Well,
1: it makes the job for the heirs easier, too, yeah. because I have
0: seen families just say, I can't find anything. Yeah, I know. So leave it. With, just leave it behind. That's a great idea. It, I think we always think, oh, with a will, you've got to type it up and have a notary. Price. But it better have something than nothing. Well, the
1: notaries are always suspect, too, these days, because um, not everybody keeps a notary log. I have one case where the man... Let's see, his first wife died, he got married the second time, she had three children, he had two. Mm -hmm. They were married for like 30 years. The man dies, and he leaves everything to his wife. If she's deceased, then it's to go to the children. Mm -hmm. So here's what happens. He dies, she gets everything. And then she lives quite a long time, maybe 10 years longer. And then she leaves everything to her kids and oh. rules out his. And each one of those girls lost a million dollars. Oh, boy. And it came primarily from his retirement. But because of the way it was
0: written, mm-hmm. Ouch! it wasn't spelled out. You'd think the stepkids would be like, we know this is rightfully yours. But you would think with that much money. Yeah, even yeah. stepsisters yeah. indeed. I saw the will of the mother,
1: and someone had written over it in, written over her, it was it was a fraudulent will, Oh, the signatures on it, and yet they couldn't do anything about it because
0: so much time had passed. I mean, they should just do a CSI handwriting, and you should be the producer of it. Well, sure, absolutely, <laughs> and just show me the money. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And then you, I'll show you the signature on the check first. <laughs> um, what do you What do you dislike about your job? What sucks about your job? Um, sometimes it's
1: stressful because I'll ha- everything seems to come at one time. Yeah, like I had these five cases; it all came Ooh. last week, mm-hmm. and I, that doesn't count what I've got on the back burner waiting. And so sometimes it'll it, it, it'll come all at one time and it's uh, with heavy deadlines and stuff like that mm-hmm. but I wouldn't even say I hate it it's just stressful yeah and I love my job I love the fact that I can do it hmm and I feel very competent in doing it and uh, it's just a lot of fun yeah what's your favorite thing about what you do or about handwriting helping an attorney solve a case yeah whether it's in probate or or helping a family that's got a problem child mm-hmm. and they don't know what to do and i've i can't tell you how many gifted children i can think of three right off the top of my head where they were in trouble at school but it's because they were bored out of their head mm-hmm. they weren't turning in their homework they were quite gifted yeah and One little boy, he was 11 years old. I insisted that the parents take him and get his IQ tested. And he was off the charts in math. And here he is just suffering. Mm -hmm. I mean, school was like prison to him.
0: Yeah. And he was just bored. And there's just, yeah, he was just bored. So helping people, helping families, making a measurable difference. Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Things that I can see results. Yeah. Do people write you handwritten thank you notes? Because they should. Not
1: very often. They should. but they,
0: but they will usually send me te- emails. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> they'll send me emails and
1: and they'll express their gratitude and. Um,
0: That's sweet. It, it's it is sweet. Yeah. And do you write handwrite thank you notes? Absolutely. Of course you do. Of course I do. And if nothing else, all of us listening should just. Remember how important. Yeah, go buy some nice note paper and
1: think of somebody that's been important to you, and just write them a nice little, sweet little note that says you're so important in my life. Thank you for all the things. I have a friend that I was struggling with my oven racks. Uh (laughs) Scrubbing them meticulously And I could not get them clean And I was just ready to There were an upper There's an upper oven and a lower oven There's six racks all together And I'm going God I'll never get through with these And I'm not a domestic goddess anymore I just can't do this And so I was complaining to my friend And she said Put them in your dishwasher On the highest temperature and put two pods in there, and it'll be just fine. And they were. <laughs> so young people have a lot to contribute to us.
0: <laughs> Do you write her a thank you note? you got to write her a thank you oh, note? Oh, yeah, I did.
1: I, I wrote her a thank you note uh, from Brian Andreas's collection. He's an artist that does these quirky things, and I love his work.
0: Mm-hmm. P.S. I looked up the stationery and I expected to find like an ornate cream colored paper, maybe with gold foiled Venetian floral motifs. But no, his work, very bold colors with sketchy modern drawings. Very cute. And so I said, you've helped me with so many
1: things, but those oven racks, that was off the chart. <laughs> What's her name? Her name is Roxanne Brand, and she's in uh, Warwick, New York.
0: Well, now Roxanne Brand is going to help a lot of people with their oven racks. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are going to be like, put them in the dishwasher with two pods. So <laughs> yeah. thanks, Roxanne. Hot, being- hot temperature. Okay. Hot, hot, two pods. Yeah. Thanks, Roxanne of Warwick. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. This is amazing. Oh, you're welcome, Allie. This is so Thank much you- for fun. coming to Nebraska. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> worth it.
1: <laughs> Thank okay. you.
0: Uh, so ask smart people stupid questions and maybe treat yourself to a stationery store. Write someone a letter. Get yourself a little notebook. Wake up early. Let your mind dribble out of a pen. No judgment. Now, to learn more about Sylvia's work, she's at forgerydetectionexperts.com. And more links will be up at alleywardcom slash ologies slash graphology or at ologies on twitter and instagram i'm at ali ward with one l on both i'm also on the cbs show innovation nation every saturday morning and i host my own science show on the cw called did i mention invention and i'm on the netflix kid series brainchild you can get ologies merch at ologiesmerch.com tag it ologiesmerch on instagram and we'll repost that photo look at us thank you to shannon feltis and bonnie dutch of the podcast you are that for managing the merch. And thank you, Aaron Talbert and Hannah Lippo for adminning the Facebook group full of wonderful people. If you're not on Facebook, you can also join the subreddit Ologies Podcast to chat about episodes and science stuff there. Uh, Thank you, Jarrett Sleeper of the Mental Health Podcast, My Good Bad Brain for assistant editing and helping with some extra research this week. And of course, to the pen man who keeps it all in ship shape, Stephen Ray Morris of the podcast See Jurassic Right and the Percast for stitching it all together every week. Nick Thorburn wrote and performed the music and he's in the band Islands and they're a great band. Now, if you stick around to the end of the episode, you know, I tell you a secret. Um, this week, the secret is I got a dog. At long last, I've wanted one for like 10 years. She's a gray little rescue poodle mix with giant ears. She looks like a gremlin. And so her name turned out to be Grammy. But before naming her, I asked all the folks on the Patreon page what their aunt's names were, because I wanted to name my pup somehow after them, just for making the show possible. It's totally changed my life. It's given me the guts to finally get a dog. And so her name is officially Gremlin, G-R-E-M-L-Y-N-N a.k.a. Gremlinda because I crunched the numbers and Linda and Lynn were some of the most popular ants names that y'all had. So part of her name is named after y'all on Patreon. So thank you, Patreon. I have a dog now. I get to keep making this podcast every week. It's the best job ever. Also, I ate granola for dinner while writing this, but I had like three bowls. I feel so sick now, but it was so good. Okay, bye-bye. Pachydermatology, homeology, cryptozoology, lithology, nanotechnology, meteorology, olopactology, nephology, seriology, selenology.
1: And now we're going to talk about loops.